All right, everybody. Welcome to Cash Call. Dale Archdeacon, Brian Curtis. We are here to snap some necks and cash some checks today, right, Brian? Absolutely. So uh, I'm actually traveling, and so I'm in a different location than I normally am. I have a different background just to, you know, do that. So uh, I've experienced some technical difficulties, and I don't. My call did not come with me. So we're going to adapt, and we're going to listen to the call Dale's got, and then we're going to talk about some other stuff. Sure. Uh, great. So this was submitted actually by Keith Bjorkland, one of our listeners. I don't know if Keith's here. Uh, Keith, if you're here, uh, kindly chat in. Uh, let me look at that. Let me just make sure, first of all, before there's a mutiny that everybody can actually message, right? Uh, let's see here. Let me go to the chat button and make sure that everybody can chat. Yeah, we're good. All right, everybody's on. Cool. Keith, if you're here, let us know. But otherwise, Keith will watch the replay. So Keith submitted a call. We pulled it out of the old folder. And I want to celebrate something great that uh, Keith did. You know, Brian, how you're always harping about button-up scripts, right? I am. That's like one of my big things, for sure. It's a Brian, man. It's a Brian thing. Well, listen to this button-up script. This, I don't, it's a Zillow call, as it says here. And mm -hmm. so listen to the way that he closes this out. He's already done his whole discovery, set the appointment, got lots of great information, and then we'll hear what he does. Did you get the text with my name on it? Yes. Okay, fantastic. He texted her in real time. Nice. I like that too. And guys, yeah. by the way, if you're if you're not using some sort of headset, um, you're screwing up. I don't know how else to say that. I, I don't have a lot of a uh, way to say that nicely because I can't text when my phone's like this. Right. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, that's just my personal pet peeve of mine that I've had for years. Use a headset. So. Yeah, he's on the phone. Texts are real time. Did you get my text? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's a huge win. Now let's keep listening. Uh, great. Well, Monique, it's great to meet you. Um, and I'd just like to wrap up by saying that anything you see online, um, I'm able to show. So if there's any place on Zillow, truly a realtor, any place, you can always just send me the address and I can get us in to view it. Um, and I will set us up for Sunday at two o'clock and, uh, I'll send you a calendar invite and then I'll be in touch if there's any changes and I look forward to seeing you then. Oh, thank you. Awesome. There we go. Listen to that, man. You got all the pieces in there, right? If you see anything else anywhere, name the location, send it to me. Yeah. Um, what the only, the difference I would say is it doesn't just have to be online. Um, I would add, hey, by the way, and you know, if you're driving around, you see a, a sign in the yard, I can help you with that. I, so I do think that that is important as well. Other parts of a button up, by the way, this is still better than 98% of the calls I've ever listened to, right? So <laughs> and, and from the button this up, is a, this is really good. Really, really good. So get this stuff in there. Huge, huge thumbs up. If you want to get from 98 to 100, um, you might also just mention that there's going to, you know, uh, depending, since it's a Zillow call, I like to say, hey, by the way, there's a good chance that, you know, five or six other realtors are going to call you here in the next 24 hours. Just tell them that you're working with me. And I would say my name and my brokerage. But again, that's still, that's just in a, that's a bonus that takes you from 95 to 100. But yeah, amazing job. Glad. I don't know if you're, you're training this guy or where he's coming or he just listens to cash call, but amazing job understanding the value of a button up script. Yeah, uh, I hate to admit this, but we're actually at the point where we have so many students with my company that I don't know whether Keith is actually our students. Keith, if you're a student, great. You're our best student. If you're not, then you should, uh, you're doing great just listening to Cash Call, buddy. Yeah, just listen to Cash Call. 
So yeah, that, that's awesome. And and again, I, I like it's it's always fun, Dale. And I think you 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 have this experience too. It's always fun when you get to influence. And and who knows, maybe this guy just did this on his own, but we're gonna take credit for it. So uh, <laughs> but it's always nice when you when you give somebody some some coaching, some training, and then they execute it and it works. It's like right. that's why we do this. I mean, we do this oh, to yeah. get paid. We're not that we're not that nice. But at the end of the day, right? Yeah. We're not that altruistic. Yeah. Hey, let's answer Sarah Ware's question. Sarah says, does Zillow sell leads to multiple agents at once? The answer is, is my understanding. And I'm going to just give my understanding that that does no longer happen anymore. But let me say this. The reason I suggest that you that I use that script, hey, there's a whole bunch of realtors who are going to call you. Most people number rephrase that a lot of people go to Zillow, fill out a form, go to realtor.com, fill out a form, go to your website, fill out a form. All these things is still something that can can happen. So I think it's interesting because I've, I've heard people complain about this. Well, this lead, you know, why, why is why are they selling it to somebody else? They're not. Another company is selling it to somebody else because at the end of the day, and not everybody does this, but some people just fill out every flipping form on the internet. Uh, I won't, but a lot of people do. I, I mean, I've even seen people that go to, they're on Zillow. They see something they're interested in. They click, uh, you know, inquire or set an appointment. They get a call. They set the appointment. They hang up and they're still on Zillow and they click on other listings and then they want to set an appointment for that one. And they talk to well, somebody else to set the appointment. So let's let's talk about Zillow for a second. Let's do some Zillow coaching for what that's worth. And those of you who use Zillow leads, obviously this guy does. So with Zillow, one of the things that theoretically happens is the person becomes your, you become the person's agent, but you need, there, there's a, there's a process for that. It just doesn't magically happen. So you want to make sure that you're buttoning all that up. And the other thing I would say, here's another thing about Zillow. If you are a very, and all the Zillow flex people know this, you might want to discuss with them the X, the survey that they're about to do. Because yeah. they they give you a survey and they give you a score and scores matter with Zillow. And I don't know all the ins and outs of that anymore. Um, I write them a check every month and so they keep sending me leads. But at the end of the day, you want to be, you want to be, you know, best of Zillow is a real thing. You want to have good scores. You want to go through all that. So part of that is getting the consumer to say, oh yeah, that was great to talk to today. I love him. You know, when they fill out the survey. So, you know, one of the things I do with them is, hey guys, just, you know, when you're, if and when you're going to have to fill out a survey, there's a good chance they'll, you know, I would really appreciate it if you would give me a five-star rating. And by the way, is there any reason you wouldn't? The yeah. thing that's great about that is now maybe I did something to irritate them or something that I could do better. They're giving me direct feedback right there and then. And honestly, here's something else I don't agree or I don't necessarily agree with in the world, but apparently anything less than five out of five stars is garbage. So I don't really believe that, but you've got to coach these people to give you five stars or they might give you four stars and go, man, Dale was amazing to talk to, but he didn't ask me this one question since I can't put 4.9. Right. And he wasn't perfect. So I'm not going to give him five. I have to give him four. So these are little things that can potentially uh, affect your your scores with these companies. Yeah. Those who uh, know what Brian's talking about are are familiar with the Flex program. If you're not familiar, if you're not in Flex, then a lot of the stuff that we just said doesn't apply. But uh, then you'd be premier. Right. Yeah. Uh, it still matters in Premiere because it changes your leads and that you can say your best of Zillow. It still does matter. It's just mm -hmm. not 
flex is anybody in flex they just do whatever they're telling you to do because they're coaching you to the exact process but if you're not in flex they don't really coach you very much i mean they'll tell you what to do but at the end of the day they don't care because you write them a check every month and so they don't they're not as particular they're, you're you're not really their partner you know when flex you're their partner because 35 percent of your commission goes to them the more you succeed the more they succeed I, I do think Zillow cares if I have a closing, but at the end of the day, they get paid the exact same amount, whether I close one deal, zero deals, or a hundred deals a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so back to the call with Keith, um, I do yeah. want to listen to some of the beginning part please, uh, because I do have a piece of advice and, uh, you know, Keith did really great in this. I'll just say that from the beginning, he does great with his intro script, great with his discovery all the way to buttoning it up. Uh, but let's listen from the beginning. Uh, because I do have a piece of advice that I would give. Again, that's that, you know, would you say 2% or 3% uh, more that, that could just improve the game a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Hi there, Alex here. I'm connecting you to a local agent now. Did I share my sound? Yes, I'm hearing it. Okay. Hi there, this is Keith Bjorkland at Folding Grace Realty here in Chicago. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thank you. So I understand you're looking at uh, 1449 North Park side and you want to set up a showing, is that correct? Mm, yes. Okay. And you would ask for this Sunday, is that the soonest that you'd be able to check it out? Um, yes. That's the okay. only day that I'm off of work. The only day that I'm not at work. That was the key for me, now listen. Okay. Um, would the afternoon like, if we said like two o'clock, would that work for you? Yeah. Okay, two o'clock. That works for me. How is now? She said Sunday's the only day that I'm not at work. I hear an accent, and she's not using a whole lot of words. So let's listen to what Keith does, and I would say what I would do instead. Okay. Uh, home searching bingo for me. How has your uh, home searching been going so far? Is, have you just got started or have you been looking for a while? Wait. Now, I would argue that that's a salesperson's question. How has your home search been going? Have you just gotten started? It's not a bad question, but it's a salesperson's question. Now, because this woman, one, gave me a unique piece of information about her, which is that Sundays are only day off. Two, that information can affect whether or not she responds to me in the future and or whether I can get her out on future showings. And three, because she's not using a lot of words and not giving me a good read on who she is, I would have gone more with a rapport building thing. So I would have set the appointment like he did. Okay, what time works for you on Sunday? Two o'clock, great. Hey, you mentioned that Sunday's your only day off. What do you do for a living? That's oh, I what I do. Yeah. And I would have gone for a little more rapport. I wanna to try to open her up a little bit, a little more of a personal question. And the answer to that question could affect whether I get you on the phone again, whether I can get you out to look at more houses or not. Uh, and, you know, instead of the dry, like salesperson questions, and Keith, if we listen to the rest of this, continues going through his dry discovery stuff, she's just as dry. What you'll hear is that down about three quarters of the way through the call, when she says how many bedrooms she needs is because I have kids. And then he starts to talk about the fact that he has kids. Then she starts to soften up, right? Oh, so he built some rapport. He had some commonality. He did, but it took three quarters of the way into the call. It, for me, real early, I'm like, uh-oh, this is a little, 
this is a little thin, right? This is not, this is not smooth yet. And I want to take the opportunity to pounce on that. Oh, Sunday's my only day off. That's a significant life factor for somebody, right? That's a big deal. I want to talk about that. Well, and, and here's another thing. And if, if you did some more discovery about this person's job, you might find out that she has a lunch hour too. Now, that's not as relevant now as it was, say, a year ago. Because a year ago, if you got to wait, but you know, let's let's just assume it's Wednesday. I mean, it's Wednesday for us. I don't know when this call was made, but if you got to wait five days a year ago, you might as well not even look until Saturday night because all the houses are going to be gone, right? So, right. Um, and, and that's part of our job is to say, okay, I appreciate that your only day off is Sunday. Let me ask you this: um, What kind of hours do you work? Because maybe she works eight to five. Maybe she works eleven to nine i don't know but there's some real information just because the only day that she's off is sunday doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only day to look at property dell i mean i'm guessing you've worked with a lot of people who were only off on saturday and sunday and we didn't have to show them houses on saturday or sunday so a discovery for rapport absolutely get an idea who they are we can talk about some commonality but discovery because she's got a mindset that we might be able to open up a little bit, maybe widen her perspective. I mean, again, if she starts work at 11 o'clock, I sure as heck can go and show her houses at nine. Assuming yeah. that she's okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then there was another question that he asked in there that I thought was really good. And again, it opened her up and actually got her to laugh. He goes, so, um, you know, I, I, it's something like, uh, I usually like to ask buyers this question just to get a sense of what's most important to you. What's your favorite room of the of the house, or which room do you spend the most time in in your house? And then she laughed and she said the kitchen, right? And so that was another like rapport building opportunity. I like yeah, I, I thought it was great, um, and it's not one that I've taught, so I thought that was pretty cool, and and it worked really well. And I think that honestly, uh, for most people, maybe other than my personality, I think that question would work really well. Um, you know, for my personality, if I'm regarding you as a salesperson, I'm going to be like dude, just get on with it. Can I have the appointment or not? But I'm kind of a dick. So, you know. Well, you know, and we've talked about disc a little bit on here, but you know, you have that high D personality. Um, you know, I don't know your, I've never looked at your disc profile. I've just, I'm going to make an ad educated guess. It's at least, at least 80, if not all the way up to 99. Um, and that's not an insult. Mine's like 80, 82, 83. I'm not, uh, no, no judgment in that. I, and there's no judgment of anything I say about disc. It's just understanding who that is, but here's the good news. Only 3% of the people are like in, in the world are like Dale and I, or in the United States, I don't know about the world are like Dale and I, which is have a high D score. So most of us, you don't want to sell to Dale and I because you're missing because you want to sell to the other 97%. Again, if you get Dale and I, you want to sell to us. That's not my point. But, you know, if I'm going to practice something, if I'm going to be good at something, I'm going to go to the 97%, not the 3%. That's how I'm going to right. spend my time getting better at that. At that. So and as a matter of fact, um, unfortunately, we had to cancel it. But we have a, a disc expert that will be coming on our show here sometime in the next, I don't know, month or so. We have to reschedule him. But, uh, you know, it's really interesting to take a look to the, the next level to take a look at personality types. And more than anything else, it's just understanding your own personality types, because by the way, being a high, having a high D score, people go, oh, that's great for sales. There's some benefit to that, but the, we also have a tendency to be impatient and piss people off. So, <laughs> you know, there's yeah. good 
about it, but then there's there's this other part here that's not as so good. So there, yeah, there really I, is no best profile. I've broken a lot of eggs trying to make some sales omelets over the years until, <laughs> you know, a lot of them. Um, what I mean by that is, yes, uh, early on in my career, I was like such a hard-headed, like one-way kind of salesperson that um, another guy in my office, he was really successful and I was just getting started. You know, and he was the complete opposite, total relationship selling guy, like would, you know, schmooze you like out of your, your own clothes, uh, you know, if you not even notice it, right? But that's slick, slick dude, relationship based guy. Uh, and people just threw referrals. At him, right? And I'm like trying to hammer and chop and, uh, you know, just like smash and grab my way through sales. And he's like, hey, man, why don't you try being nicer? And I was like, that doesn't even compute. That makes no sense. What the hell are you talking about? So, you know, this kind of brings me up. So I don't have the call. I don't know what happened. Uh, technology, you know, left me today. I got on a plane and nothing came with me. But um, it's really interesting. So I, I want to tell a story about a guy on my team, and I'm not going to name him. It's a good story, but I'm still not going to name who that is. So he's been on our team for less than 60 days. He's got uh, one closing and two in escrow right now. So which to me, I mean, you get a guy who's been on your team for less than 60 days, he's got three closings on the board. Uh, give me some more of that. Right. But, you know, um, yeah, it does not compute. Somebody says exactly that's what I'm dealing with today. But here's my point of this story. If we, I was going to play one of his calls and my point was going to be, he's not even good on the phone. And what brought that up for me was actually what Dale was talking about. So I don't know, you know, I wasn't there when Dale, you know, told this story, but but ultimately what I'm hearing is maybe at the front end, you weren't as good of a salesperson as you are today. Is that a safe assumption? Very safe assumption. I, okay. I knew what I wanted. I wanted what I wanted. I didn't know how to give other people what they wanted. So here's my question, though. You still had pretty good success, though, right? I still sold a lot of houses, but it was not it wasn't pleasant for either party. Let's put it right. That it, it wasn't pleasant for either party. And my educated guess, and again, I'm going to make an assumption here, is that you probably couldn't have continued that without wanting to poke your eyes out. Long right. Yeah. So, but here's the thing, and I really wanted to point out about this guy on my team, and, and in some ways, Dale, is why were why are these guys successful? Because this individual on my team, I, I coach him. He shows up for everything. I really appreciate that. Very coachable. But he struggles. He's got a lower voice, which is something, by the way, any, any other men who've got a lower voice, that's something that you've got to put some energy into, because if not, you sound completely 100% disinterested. As a matter of fact, I listened to this guy's calls and I'm like, he sounds like he would rather be doing anything than be on this call. And I know that's not true. So here's here's my so, point of that. Big so, story. So, so how many kids do you have? It's, it's, only, slightly, it's only slightly better than that. So it's funny, as I thought about this today, because I, again, I was kind of prepped for it. I was like, here's what I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you to not come to cash call and get better. But I'm also telling you that if you simply show up and work your butt off, you're still better than most of the agents out there. This makes it A, more enjoyable. B, I, I don't know. I, this is going to sound corny and maybe not everyone listening thinks like this, but I kind of enjoy solving the puzzle. Like getting that guy who gets on the phone and goes, yeah, why are you calling me? And then by the end, he's like, man, I can't wait to meet you on Saturday. It's going to be awesome. We're going to find, you know, when you go from this guy who's just like not even interested in having a conversation with you or a woman who's not, and then you go to, they're excited to meet you. I, again, maybe I'm weird, but that's fun for me. 
You know, I feel like I've won the game. That's cool. So that's why I want people to continue to come to cash call. I want you to learn how to win the game and I want you to have a higher conversion rate. That being said, the number one thing that works in this injury industry is, is doing the work. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I was still successful in spite of being a very one-sided me, me, me salesperson uh, and who would be more likely to argue with you than compliment you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah. you, I tell that, I tell our students that all the time, you know, I'm like, listen, you can say crappy things. If you say it to enough people, you'll make some sales. The, you yeah. know, if you're not making sales, you just aren't talking to enough people. You know, it's, it's this is when I teach a class on, on, on communication, you know, some of the stuff we talk about here and some other additional stuff, but uh, that's not a pitch for my class. I don't even have a date for it next. So I'm not pitched in that. But but here's the thing. I started out with this. There's only two ways to make more sales. It's either talk to more people at your current conversion rate or increase your conversion rate. Obviously, cash call, a sales class is about converting your your improving your conversion rate. But at the end of the day, if you got a 1% conversion rate, that means you need to talk to 100 people to get a sale. If you got a half a percent, you need to talk to 200. So one, really what I'm saying with that, ultimately, everything is still in your control. It's just a matter of, is it going to be a miserable process? Because most of us, and you know, I'm going to make it another assumption for Dale here, don't want to lead, lead generate for four to six hours a day. And if you're bad at it, you may have to lead generate for four to six hours a day. But if you get good at it, you can go to an hour and a half to two hours and still have massive success. So that's yeah. why that's why we do what we do, because I don't want people to have to sit on the phone for four to six hours a day. And most people won't do it. And if they will do it, they won't do it for very long. Right. So. Yeah, no, that is definitely the, the thing that most people don't want to do. And I constantly have people coming asking me, hey, should I use like these outsourced ISAs? Let's get somebody else to make the calls for me, right? Uh, they're like, this is a great idea. I can pay somebody like seven bucks an hour and they're going to make all these, they're going to convert all these leads for me. And I'm like, wait a minute. What you just told me is you want to hire somebody for seven bucks an hour to do the most important work in your business that you don't want to do, that you're avoiding. And you think that's going to work out. I, it blows my mind. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, we've got a couple of ISAs who are outsourced, a full disclosure. I've got, we've got a couple of VAs that, but they work directly for an agent who manages them. When I, when I say manages them, what do I mean? I mean, they role play with them every day. I mean that they talk to them every day. And by the way, that same, I'm, I'll talk about, I have a very specific agent in my mind. He also lead generates. So it's not an, or it's an and. So, and what is he doing? He's going through, we have massive ponds of people. I mean, we've got a 50,000 person pond. Like you can't go through that in a year if you want to. So, so my point is this, if you're not selling at least 50 houses a year, then maybe just having an outsourced ISA isn't, isn't the idea. Um, and I just came up with that number randomly. And again, it's, it's, you can't have a good ISA, but it's, here's another philosophy that always bugged me down. I don't know how you feel about this, but I remember back in the day going to different things. I remember people saying this, oh, we bring people on our team and for 90 days, we have them be the ISA and then we turn them into agents. And I remember sitting in there thinking, I'm going, so for 90 days, you're going to have them screw up your leads because they haven't been trained yet. Because let's face it, unless you're a pre-trained ISA and there's not a lot of those out there begging for jobs, 
so basically by the time they get decent at the job, you're going to take them away from the job and bring somebody else into that job who's bad, not because they're a bad person, but because they're brand new. And then you're going to leave. And so you see this revolving door. And by the way, these are the people who are the very first point of contact with your company. You know, right. you only get one chance to make a first impression. I'm sure everybody's heard that. So the people's first impression is let's get the guy who's been with our company for two weeks to give us the first impression. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good model. <laughs> I haven't personally seen that model work. You know, people there, people will tell you all sorts of stuff from stage. Uh, yes. that, that if you actually, you know, dive under the hood is, you know, may appear different, uh, than as advertised, right. You know, sort of the prize that you get in the cereal box. Yep. It's the difference between what it looks like on the outside of the box. And when you actually get the little plastic tchotchke, it's not quite what you, not, yeah, it's not as exciting as you thought it was going to be <laughs> that, that, that amazing kazoo was not quite what you thought it was going to be. The, you yes. know, from the cover of the box. Yeah. That that's usually what I've, that's been my experience. Mine too. Um, now let me take a step back because Dale trains ISA. So we're not sitting here saying we're not anti ISA, not at all. By any but, stretch of the imagination. But I will say this, two things to remember my, my other, my point from a minute ago, this is the person who's going to be the first point of contact theoretically with your company. They better be good. And second of all, they need training. They need someone like Dale's company. And as you notice, I didn't even say my company. I don't want to train an ISA. I'd rather poke myself in the eye with sharp sticks and train <laughs> ISAs. But Dale's really good at it. I'm good at some other stuff. But ultimately, Thanks, well, he is. And, and I, I appreciate, you know, I, I just, Dale's, you know, we've actually, you know, attended some of his trainings. Good stuff. My point is this, though. If you're going to have the person do that, don't be afraid to pay them. And you need to figure out ROI. And what I mean by that is if I'm paying an ISA three, four, five grand a month, which by the way, is not an unreasonable number, right, Dale? Oh, absolutely not an unreasonable number. Yeah. In fact, I just had the conversation with somebody today, but finish your story and I can talk about that. I, I just want to say that, that, you know, that person is going to require some training and they're going to be a very valuable asset to you. But again, there's someone you're paying, you know, maybe even as, as high as six figures. The best ISA that I know in the country, uh, shout out to Matt, Matt knows who he is. Um, he he makes six figures and that's because he earns six figures. And by the way, there's a huge ROI on him. Yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, I just talked to somebody today who was uh, one to, you know, their, their genius ideas. Oh, I'm just gonna get an ISA and get some new agents and uh, the ISA will feed the new agents. And I was like, oh, Great idea. So here's how that's going to work. Uh, you're going to be spending at least on a base salary, at least what it costs for a decent admin in your in your market. Uh, and then you're going to be bonusing them on top of it. Yeah. Uh, and you probably aren't going to have a closing from that ISA for at least four to five months. So how does that sound? Uh, <laughs> and they were like, that sounds really expensive. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And then you're going to pay my company on top of it to train them. So yeah. are you prepared for this? They're like, I don't know. Maybe I'll have my agents convert some more leads first. And I said, that's a great idea. Well, and I want you to think about it as farming. Like, you know, when you start farming, let's say you're spending a thousand dollars a month and just picking that number, sending stuff to a farm. If you're expecting months one, two, three, four, maybe even up to six to be just rolling in the listings, I'll just save you the time, energy, and money right now. It's probably not going to happen. Now, 
And everybody's got a story that they sent out 10 letters and got two listings that had, you know, we've all heard those stories, but that's not a realistic thing. It's the same thing with an ISA. Why would you expect somebody, you know, we're, we're all talking about our, our value and how much we bring and how much we know and all this stuff. And I'm going to hire someone who's been in the industry for 37 seconds and expect them to convert at my level. They're not. And, and I don't care if you're someone like me who's been doing this for 20 years or you're someone who's been doing it for two or three years. You do this every day. It's your job. And yeah. understand that, that you know, there's a lot to it. So invest yeah. in your people. And uh, again, I am pro ISA, though. I say all that to say oh, I'm pro ISA. But yeah. it's just just understand that there's not a there's not a plug in ISA that I, that I found. And if, no. if anyone knows one, please send them over to me. I'll hire a couple. But yeah. it's not a plug and play. It's a, I'm going to invest in this person. I can remember my good friend, Jesse Zagorski said this. He goes, when I hired my ISA, what I did is I sat and lead generated with him for two weeks straight for four hours a day. Yeah. That's an investment. That's a lot. Yeah. What I tell people when they come to us and, they, and they're working, we're helping them hire ISAs into their, into their um, organization. I say, listen, first, we're going to teach them to set crappy appointments. And then we're going to teach them to set good appointments. I like it. I, 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 you have to like set that expectation for them. Otherwise, what happens is they hire an ISA. ISA starts to set some appointments and they're crappy appointments and they give those crappy appointments to the agents and the agents come back and they're like, these ISAs set crappy appointments. Why are we doing this? Why are we wasting this money? Fire them. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> You're like, wait, 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 no, no, no. no. They, we teach them to set appointments. They're, they're going to be crappy appointments. And then we teach them to set good appointments. Like that's, that's the process that you have to go through. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. So. Just like an agent, agents set crappy appointments when they start. Yeah. I've, I've, I've gone on both crappy ISA appointments. I've gone on crappy appointments. I've set. So right. been, been on both. So, Hey, Dale, yeah. we're a little bit over, but why don't we cover this real quick? So um, next week, it will be December 21st. Are we going to do cash call next week? We haven't even talked about it, but I'd like to get, let our audience know if we're going to be here or not. You know, Brian, you, you're full of great questions uh, that remain to be answered. Um, I'm actually going to be on a plane flying to Kansas city. So I'm going to say no to next week. Okay. And uh, then how about the 28th? I think we can be back the 28th. If that works for you, it does work for me. I think we can do the 28th everybody. Perfect. So there we awesome. go. See everybody on the 28th. Merry Christmas. Um, happy holiday, whatever you, whatever you celebrate. Um, look forward to seeing everybody the 28th for our last show of the year. It's always fun to do the last show. The last show of the year. Everybody has to show up. Uh, we'll be giving out free cars on that episode. So anyone who shows up gets a car. You oh, get a car. You get a car. <laughs> and you get a car. There we go. All right, everybody. For the Thanks for real estate. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, everybody.